Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relatively Relatable. I'm your host, Sarah Chappay. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link. And to find out more, you can head to our Instagram page at Relatively Relatable Pod. Totally forgot my lines. I saw that. Drop the ball. Crazy. You'd, you'd think we had them right in front of us, not that we memorized the entire show. Well, I almost never read them anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, but today, it's been one of those days, you know, where yeah. I just feel drained. My brain isn't working. Yeah, same. I'm not thinking straight. So this, this should be interesting. The weather change, the time change just coming on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. On Halloween. On All like Hallows just, Eve. I feel like we just had a time change. Yeah. We didn't. Did, we didn't? No. Man, this year is whack. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I don't True know that. what month it is. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, I saw something on Instagram, so it's probably not true, but that... Japan is planning on releasing uh, radioactive water into the sea. And someone said it was like <laughs> like a bookie taking bets. And he's like, all right, who had Godzilla for 2020? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that would be that would be about right. Why? Japan, why? It's it's probably not true. I should have looked it up on a more reputable source before no. I brought it up. But it was funny. Yeah, so, it is funny. Japan, radioactive water. Uh oh, might be real. <laughs> Who knows? So Sarah, nothing surprises me <laughs> anymore. Honestly, yeah, uh, they could do it, and I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sounds well, right. I mean, why not? Get it over. Get it out of your system while we're still in 2020. Yeah, it is kind of the year. It's like the purge year. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can do anything and just add to the the storm. Yeah, the trash fire that is. Our society now. Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Has there been a year, not that we would know, but has there been another year like in American history recently that's been this wild, do you think? Um, I feel like the Holocaust was probably pretty horrible. I said recently. That is recently. That's like in the 30s. Okay. It's recent in terms of like the grand scale of time. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean something like within our lifetime, maybe oh, the last maybe like nine eleven. Yeah, but that wasn't I like a whole year. That was yeah, like I don't, I don't know what the rest time. of the year was like. Yeah, that was the year that TV changed, though. Let me tell you why. Tell me why. Because before nine eleven happened, every time on TV that they're in an airport, anyone can just walk up to the gates. Mm. So like when you're watching Friends and they just like run to the gates to like yeah. meet each other, I'm like, wait, what? Like yeah. I, sometimes I always have to remember that there was a time where the like traveling by plane was uh, it was the Wild West. It was like taking a bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't even need a ticket most of the time. No, yeah, you just I, you could just fly them. I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just rent. It's like Uber. Yeah. Just Uber a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that is actually a thing for the super wealthy. Yeah, it it's is. Like a, pr- a private jet service. Unfortunately. That'd be super dope. Yeah. 
how do we become, how do we get to the, that echelon of life? Um, I think you sell feet pics. Yeah. I got some pretty good feet. I do too. I got those weird salamander feet. (laughs) You got those dinosaur head feet. You sure do. I I do too, (laughs) I guess. Do you think that, um, it's more of a flex to have an Uber service for a private jet than just having your own private jet. I have to imagine that it costs more to like do it all a cart like that. To, yeah. To like, I think I'd rather just have my own jet. I think I would too, but. Or like timeshare it with somebody, you know, like me and like three wealthy families shared it. If you're wealthy enough to have your own private jet, you're wealthy enough to have your own private jet. Though. <laughs> like, I don't think you're in, I don't think you're the, you would be the kind of person that's interested in like, oh, the, the Hendersons used the jet last weekend. That's why it's such a pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be me Cause, too. Because the whole point of like having the jet is like on a moment's notice being like, yep, let's go. But if yeah. you have to like court, there'd be a spreadsheet involved. And I don't think the Kardashians own their own jet though. I think they use like a service like that. Yeah. I, I'm sure there is a point where like, I don't know, if you're traveling all the time, having your own jet is the way to go. Yeah. But if it's like a couple times a year, probably just charter one. Yeah. Know. But if you're like the Kardashians, it's probably like whatever at that point. Yeah, I mean, these are questions and issues that I will literally never have to think about. No. Sometimes I do give myself a weird amount of anxiety about these things, though. Like I used to, like, so when the lottery was big, mm, yeah. and I was, like, I had heard about what happens if you win, that, like, people try and kill you, and, like, people, you oh, know. Yeah. And I, 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 that. I stayed up till 3 a.m. one time. <laughs> literally researching how to win the lottery and like what to do afterwards so that like Mm. people wouldn't steal your money or like family like I had won right I didn't even bought a lottery ticket right I was (laughs) just so anxious about the fact that someone could come and steal me for my lottery winnings I always do this I do this with like every contest that I'm I'm pondering entering but end up never do yeah I'm always like like there was one recently that was, you know, buy a t-shirt, get entered in to win this, either the super cool pickup truck mm-hmm. or $100,000 cash. And mm-hmm. I was like losing sleep over like, would I take the truck or would I take the cash? Like if I took the <laughs> cash, I could buy whatever car I, I know. wanted. But if I took the truck, it was like the truck plus 30 grand or a hundred, a hundred oh. grand in cash. So I was like, I was like doing all these equations in my head of what would be the better deal of this like hypothetical uh, contest that I wasn't even, I didn't even enter. No. I spent like three days thinking about mm-hmm. it. Didn't even enter. Mm-hmm. So, Same. Yeah, I do, I do that a lot with the lottery too. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like how mm-hmm. many, wh- what things, it's never like, I'm never like enjoying the thoughts. I'm always like, well, I, I suppose I should do this and this. And like, I would have to give like these people some money and like, yeah. I would probably, you know. How and, am I going to uh, cut this person in? Who's this? Who's this? Right. Yeah. It's never like, I'm going to buy a yacht. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to, what's the most responsible? I'm always, I think one time I was like, I'm going to put this much of it away and I'm going to put this much of it into these stocks and I'm going to like invest and yeah. like set up all these, set up this entire structure. I literally and, looked up how to like get like a trust made mm, because smart, I was so stressed yeah. out about it. 
in like a trust under like a, a obscure business name mm-hmm. so that people couldn't trace it back to me. Mm-hmm. Like at 3 a.m. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's just how bad my brain is about anxiety. <laughs> I was stressed about it. <laughs> I'm the same way. How, uh, how do you set up a trust? I don't know. Oh, you must not have done very good research. You hire somebody to do it for you. <laughs> but how do you <laughs> trust point, them to set up your trust? You give them a good payout. Mm. They make good money off of people like that. People like us. Yeah. <laughs> in our lottery wins. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, we probably shouldn't talk about pretending to be rich this whole time. It's way more fun, though. You know what happened, though? This what? is the first time that we had an episode that you didn't. We didn't start by you saying so, Jake. I did know that because you went right in and were like, "I forgot my I, lines." I saved you. Uh, That's how I always era. start uh, podcasts. It's just like some random banter to get the ball rolling. Yeah, you are so. the podcast connoisseur of sorts. Yeah, all, all three of them I've done in my life. That's including two this more one. than I've done. Hey, you know, it's more than some people do in a lifetime, so. Hey. <laughs> uh, have you seen the meme, um, how it started and how it's going? Yes, and I love it, and it is so funny. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are pretty funny, but I wanted to do... <laughs> it's been okay. a while since I've, like, led an episode, I feel I like. I can so tell. Kinda, <laughs> a little giddy. I'm uh, knocking the rust off. I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say brushing the rust off, but it would be brushing the dust off. Yeah. And then I almost also said knocking the ru- the dust off. It anyway, makes sense. Both of them make tr- sense. This is a disaster. Um, <laughs> so the meme. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this about you and um, your business that you run because mm-hmm. I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but me being your brother and having an inside look uh, because you text me about it all the time. <laughs> uh, I feel like you've got some momentum going recently and you've got some, some plates spinning. Yeah. Um, which were not spinning maybe even this time last year. Yeah. But definitely not at the time that you started your business, which was three, two years ago, three years ago. Two, yeah, a little over two. So, and I also thought that we know that Montana is just a hundred percent aware of what's going on in both of our lives, but <laughs> there may be some people who have joined into this, this conversation that we've been having for the last, uh, however many episodes that don't exactly know what it is that you do or, yes. uh, what it is that your company does. So I thought that we could just talk about that and see where it. it started and also talk about where how it's going. Now. Yeah. <laughs> gosh it took a million words but we finally got there we got there uh so first of all why don't we just start how about you give like a high level of what it is that your company what your company is what it is that you do and how it's different from where you started you can talk about like how it started and then what it is now however you want however you want to answer the question i'm gonna try really hard not to just interview you okay (laughs) but it's probably gonna sound that way so okay so um I've been trying to like practice how I'm going to explain this because it's kind of a long story, but it's not in true Sarah nature if I don't talk a lot. 
Yeah, we've got a lot of time too. I've so, got we've got twelve minutes of nothing to cut out. Yeah, already. So it's great. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, um, basically, two years ago, I was supposed to go to grad school and get my master's in clinical counseling. I had been accepted to my program. I had two weeks left until my program was supposed to start, and. Stefan sat me down and said, I don't think you're supposed to go to grad school and I think you should open your own business. So at the time when I went, was going to grad school or go, about to go to grad school, I had wanted to open up my own like health center, but it was like mental and physical health. So I was going to be a licensed therapist and then also have a gym attached to it that we could do like mental and physical health. Mm. And so Stefan had noticed that I was just constantly listening to like fitness podcasts and CrossFit podcasts and business of fitness and um, like all of these different, I was learning, trying to learn so much about it because that's kind of what I really loved. And I wasn't really doing a lot of like therapy research, which I was like, yeah, but that's why I'm going to school. But he's right. like, yeah, I know that you're like, love is not going to be that though. And I think you're going to feel limited in the things that like a therapist can offer that I know like what your heart is after. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, that kind of is weird because I start in like two weeks and... Right. Interesting <laughs> timing. Stephanie. Yeah. I need to make a decision. So I decided not to go to grad school because I figured if after a year or two, I can always go back yeah. or like reapply or whatever. Um, so I didn't go and I uh, basically just opened up a little gym in our garage, which is like the size of a freaking matchbox, not One even a shoebox. Yeah, it is. <laughs> tiny maybe a maybe a half car garage depending on the car yeah it fits my little nissan and my car what my car's what? a nissan isn't it yeah oh, okay what <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> uh yeah it fits my little baby car and my car is like driving a skateboard and it was just like it's just funny to look back on because I feel like I had no idea what I was doing and I was just, it was so not in my nature to just jump in and do something. I'm very calculated in like any major decision that I do. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was still working um, a like semi full-time job and uh, yeah, so I like redid our garage I like finished it and learned how to do drywall and mm, hung up pull-up yeah. bars and got all the equipment and got members and got insurance and like I did everything right I filed for an LLC all within like a month <laughs> like, Yikes. I don't know where I get this like sometimes <laughs> I think I'm manic like bipolar because I get these like weird spurts of like massive amounts of like energy yeah. Um, I'm that way too, though. Like I will spend most of my days as in like sloth mode mm -hmm. and then I'll have random bur bursts of like insane amounts of productivity and like yeah. mental stimulation. But yeah, but then after that's over, I'm really tired for like another four years. So. Yeah, that, that sounds about right then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I was doing that and 
for the most part, I really loved it. Like then, um, I was, I felt very limited by what we could do because of the space. And that Mm. also deterred people from coming, which Mm. I totally get because these people that I had like kind of, they were low key mentors giving me advice. They'd done the same thing where they just started in their garage and then gradually grew into a space. Mm-hmm. We're in Hastings, which didn't have like what we were doing was like functional fitness. Um, and so they didn't have that. So people either had like the why or what they were doing. Right. Whereas here in Lincoln, it's like there's a CrossFit gym on like every block almost. And so it's like, why come to someone's garage when I could go there? And there's a functional fitness gym that didn't pay the CrossFit membership fee on every other block. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. And so it um, it was really hard for me because I kind of, I saw the like, I saw the hurdles and the mountains that we were trying to climb. And I felt like everyone was not being honest with me because they were afraid of me being upset. Mm. Um, I don't really know how I'm explaining this story. I'm going the long way. That's okay. Let's go the long way. So at the time I was also, like I said, working and the plan was to basically be doing both until I could pay myself and then I would quit, which is everybody's goal. Right. So that I could have an income. Well, that didn't really work out as planned because (laughs) my job was a literal hellfire and mm. I'm not going to like put anyone on blast, even though I could and I should. There's some legal implications that I can't really go into. Right. <laughs> I ended up quitting effective immediately. So I went from having a plan of like, okay, we're going to save up money and fund this dream to, I have no income mm. and I have no sight of growth <laughs> because mm. we're in my garage. And winter was coming. And if you live in Nebraska. <laughs> a garage is not where you want to work out. No. In the summer or the winter, but especially right, not yes. the winter. And we're, yeah. Um, so I was starting to feel like really pinned in. And I have a big problem with like the sunk cost mentality. Like mm. um, I've already put in all of this effort. And it was kind of funny because I was listening to your other new podcast. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Tyler was talking about him like writing a song and how he's like, he does everything possible to make it work, even if it mm-hmm. means like completely redoing the song. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what if we change all of the lyrics? Well, what if we change the music? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt like I was stuck in this. And I was like, okay, well, what if we get a space? Okay, well, what if we X, Y, and Z? Okay, well, what if we do this? And I was like trying to add all of these different things to something that just wasn't working. And so I went through the process of trying to get a loan, trying to get a space and all of this. And that was in January of 2019. And it didn't end up working out, which I was like, okay, that's fine. We're still relatively new. Um, And so then we went through like the summer process again. And I was like, I just need a space. Like, I think that's really what is hindering us. Mm. I kept feeling this like tension like inside myself that was like, something's not working. Mm. But because starting the business was so much of a risk in general, and then like the way things played out was so not what I had planned. I wasn't really listening to my intuition and my 
my gut gut yeah which is intuition but <laughs> yeah um yeah i just wasn't listening to myself i was asking everybody else for their own opinions i was like i was still in therapy so i was like talking to my therapist a lot but i was never really like asking myself like was i happy was this what i wanted when i envisioned my business cuz i've always since i was so young i have wanted to be my own business owner mm-hmm. like i always just knew i was going to work for myself um was this what I wanted? And maybe I was afraid to do that because I knew what the answer was going to be. And I had already put in all this time and effort and all this money and all these people were like relying on me and I hated coaching so much Mm. and I'm not good at it. I'm not patient and (laughs) you need to be patient. (laughs) Yeah. I could not do it. I could not be a personal trainer for a while. I thought I wanted to just as like a side thing. Yeah. But it would consume me and I would hate mm-hmm. everybody that I mm-hmm. talked to about it. So yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, which really sucked because the people that came really trusted me and saw a lot of good progress. Like there was one of our clients, he lost like 50 or 60 pounds within like eight months of working with me. Wow. So it's like, that was really difficult because I'm like, what I'm doing is changing somebody's life. And that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then I eventually just got to the point where I was like, I hate this and it's killing me. Mm-hmm. And so I told Steph and I was like, I'm going to close the gym. And I was like, I think August, 2019. And he's like, Oh, okay. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I was, I'm like, I'm going to do one more round of trying to get alone in a space. And if it doesn't work out, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I ended up getting, I was like approved for a loan, but it was not very much. And so we would have had to like put our house up for like collateral and like Oof. all of this stuff. Yeah. And Stefan was willing to do that for me. Like he was willing to basically empty our bank account for my dreams. And I was like, mm. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. I wasn't okay. sleeping. I wasn't like, it was just, yeah, ugh. it I was bad. Like that's not how you want that to go either. Some no. people do that and it works out for them, but yes, I don't think you or even I are the kind of p- people that I feel like every day I would spend in guilt, like feeling yeah. guilty for like every decision I made or I yeah. would be dis- dissecting every, every interaction I had with, uh, you know, my significant other knowing yeah. the amount of risk that they were willing to put up for that. It, yeah. It, it would not, no, wouldn't no. work. <laughs> no. And I'm like grateful that he believes in me that much, but I'm like not willing to ask that of him. Right. For for well, that, especially like I knew and that of yourself, it. like it's not, yeah. not just like him giving you a bunch of money. Like that is a joint decision of yeah. risk that you're taking on together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up closing and, 2019 and I was like super depressed and I don't know (laughs) I was very like the decision was like very lost for a while and like going into like um like the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 I was like not really sure what my ideas were like where I wanted to Mm. take it and I think I was like really fighting everything that I was good at to try and be different Sure. So the things I'm really good at are already a very saturated market. I'm really, and I'm not trying to like brag, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm going to for the for one time in my like life. 
Go for it. I'm really good at writing. I'm very creative. I'm very visually driven. I'm very um, like quotes and sayings driven. Like I very much resonate in my own life with like impactful statements and Mm. um, it's hard to tell this story without getting into like a life story. Mm -hmm. Had I had had a different direction in college, I might've gone into graphic design or copywriting or journalism or something, but I didn't. I went into women's ministry, right? which is obscure and (laughs) I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I had to take some good classes like branding classes and stuff, which have paid off. But anyways, I was trying to fight that. I think at the beginning of 2020, I was doing a lot of writing um, for the business, I was starting to do a lot of events right when mm-hmm. 2020 started. So mm-hmm. I bet you guys can see where it's going <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. We were picking up a lot of good steam with it. Like I was doing a lot of um, goal setting and like internal working uh, events and things like that. We were doing worship nights and it was starting to kind of take shape something really cool. And then COVID hit and we couldn't do it. We had a ton of events planned for 2020 and we couldn't do any of them. Mm-hmm. And so that really sucked. And um, right in the beginning of March, I was really just like not doing anything. I was like pretty much just sitting on the couch because I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And Stefan sat me down again. And this kind of answers your second question. Stefan sat me down and he had a come to Jesus moment with me. And he said, like, I'll probably never forget it. He was like, there will be businesses that do not survive this and you need to survive. Like you need to figure out a way to survive this Mm. new world that we'll be in. Mm -hmm. He's like, if events is what you think you want to do with this, you need to figure out a way that you can do it and that it's like profitable and sustainable and safe and all of those things. Mm Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had been thinking I don't want to do events anymore because I don't know what the world is going to look like. Here we are in almost November or November when this comes out. I still won't do events. Like I personally don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I that I've been doing like small things, but like not at the scale I was doing at the beginning. Not yeah, like promoting it as let's all get together and like the entire thing is based on a bunch of people being together and like observing a thing. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so then I told him, I was like, I really want to move this in a direction of like, at that point I still was not ready to admit it to myself, but I said like, of like prints and like some cute, like merch is what I kept saying. Right. <laughs> And he's like, okay, so how do we do that? And I was like, well, I can do it on my Photoshop. And if anybody understands Photoshop, Photoshop is not for like graphic design, really. That's Illustrator. And I was doing it all on Photoshop, which was a freaking pain. Yeah. It was a nightmare, but I did it. And it had a really great turnout. I made a quarantine guide for Enneagram based off of my friends that I knew. And I illustrated them. I took their picture and like made those cute kind of like line designs that are really popular right now mm-hmm. um, with like point and click and it did great. It's still one of our top downloads on our site. And that kind of like showed me 
okay, these ideas I have that I've been trying to fight are good and people want them and people need them right now. Why did you feel like you were trying to fight them? (sighs) Because I think, so I wanted, I always wanted to do something different and I Mm. wanted to do something unique. And now looking back on my 26 year old self, nothing is new or different or unique. Mm Mm-hmm. But you, everybody has something unique and different to bring. So like music, nobody is doing something new. Music is always the same. It's always the same chords. It's the same messaging, you know, whether it's about a breakup or about someone you love or the world around us. But everybody has something a little bit different to offer. Different spin. Yeah. Yeah. And people resonate with everybody different. Like I might like a band that does a cover of a band that I don't like, but I like their style more. Like, you that know, happens to me all the time. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many songs I've heard. And then I go, I didn't know that they were, it was a cover. Yeah. You hear the original and you're like, is this a cover? And you're like, no dude, this is 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like, I like the, I like the, the cover better. better. Yep. So I was trying to do something like unique and different that like Lincoln didn't have yet. And I was trying to like, I don't know, appeal to this like new idea, I guess. You wanted to like invent a new thing, invent a market or something. A new concept. Yeah. And people resonated with the idea of like community in Lincoln and like having these events in Lincoln. And then because that's something that's still picking up. Outside mm. of just like networking, we don't really have those like, I don't know, community events or like just social things, social hour, mm. I guess. Right. Which is kind of what I was trying to start, which was hard because I didn't have like a storefront or like a bar or something that would like provide something to do. So I had to partner sure. with a lot of places. I was basically becoming like an event planner which I was like kind of okay with. I'm really good at it, but I was like, this isn't like scratching that desire in me. Mm. It still felt just not complete. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people that that's what they wanted the um, business to be. They wanted it to be a revival through Lincoln. They wanted it to be a church. They wanted it to be Mm -hmm. so many things. People latched onto me and tried to do what I was trying to do and make it their own thing. Maybe they didn't know they were doing that, but they were. And so I think I was just really lost. I didn't want to let anybody down. Yeah. Did you feel, um, did you feel pressured based on like your, your background and a ministry degree and just like the cohort that you tend to keep or, or ministry minded folks? Did you feel like a pressure to make it, like you said, a revival kind of thing or like, an adult youth group kind of events all the time or yeah. Did you, did you feel like you had full control? Um, yeah, I definitely felt pressure because our first big event that I did was a women's worship night, which was something I very much had always wanted to do. It was something that I pretty much based my entire degree around. Like I had to write like a whole, it was like what my senior capstone was on Mm -hmm. and all of this. I mean, it was just like a small piece of it, but that was a very big driving force for me. Um, it was very impactful in my own life going to one of those. And I did it, our very first one, and I could not believe the outcome. 
I was expecting like maybe 30 people and like almost 200 showed up. Jeez. (laughs) So I was like, okay, people need this. I'm clearly offering something and all. Yeah. So I got a a ton of traction from that, from like pastors in Lincoln. I got a ton of recognition, like noticeability, but then that's when people try to make it theirs. Right. Because they want to be a part of what's going on. They don't want to do the work though. They just want to be a part of the fun thing. Right. Or tie their name to it somehow. Um, I got connected with some good, good friends of mine now. Um, during that period of what I was doing, mm-hmm. which sucks because I think we just split once COVID hit. My vision is now different than theirs. And that doesn't mean either of ours is wrong. Sure. It's just different. And But it was hard for me to like allow it to become what it is now because I didn't want to let anybody else down. Mm. Because a lot of the people that had been surrounding me and being a part of it and championing me just fell by the wayside very quickly once they realized Mm. that my idea was not to start a church. My idea was not to, because my degree allows me to work at a church, but I never wanted to do that. Yeah. My degree also allows me to go work for Beth Moore. (laughs) So it's like a very broad (laughs) degree, Uh but people just hear ministry and they think church and they think that I'm, um, I mean, I am suited for that, but that's not what I want to do. Sure. So when people saw this opportunity, maybe to see their dreams realized through something I was doing, um, I just got very overwhelmed with everybody else. People I really had looked up to and admired, I felt like kind of took advantage of that. I don't know if that answers your question at all. What was my question? I don't know. I'm my, like, (laughs) I don't know if I've thought about this stuff in like a really long time. Like I have, I have not, I've had to stop thinking about these things because I would never have continued uh, with how like rocky the beginning of my journey has been. <laughs> well, sorry to uh, bring up your yeah. rocky past, but I'm interested. Thanks. <laughs> um, do, would you still, so like what you're doing now, you said you were afraid to call it uh, cute little merch or prince. Is that still how you would describe it to people? Okay, like so if someone asks a, you, what is it that your business does now? Would you say we <laughs> yeah. make cute little prints and merch? Yeah. So <laughs> literally up until this weekend, I I had still been fighting it. So I had like a very mm. big um, cathartic moment and like actualization. Up until really recently, I had still been fighting what this was. I still wanted a pretty unique way of describing what it was. Mm. Um, but I people were still coming up confused. They're like, okay. (laughs) And so I was a little intoxicated and we went to this cute little bar. And I say little because the like quantity, like fire department max is like 20 people. It's like a speakeasy kind of. Yeah. And I was a little intoxicated and I had just gotten some really big news about our business and we were celebrating with a drink and the bartender was like, oh, what are you guys doing? And I was like, oh, we're celebrating. And he's like, celebrating what? And I was like, being a business owner. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like go into the, like, the logistics of what I found out. To, but um, he's like, oh, he what do you do? He didn't have 40 minutes for this whole conversation that we've been having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, and he was like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm an online print and apparel shop. And it just rolled out of my mouth like 
it's what it always was supposed to be because Mm. I was not trying to think of something. I was not trying to fight it. I was just excited about what I was and what I had accomplished. And he instantly obviously understood what it was. And I came home and I was like, I did it. I like officially (laughs) described what I do like Uh in a concise and clear way. And there's a business here in Lincoln called Wax Buffalo and they're very well known and um, they champion a lot of small businesses and I've gotten a couple opportunities to work with them and um, they're at their core, a candle business. They make Mm -hmm. their own candles, but they're very well known in our community for doing like small business pop-ups. They do a lot of like um, women empowerment. They do a lot of, you know, they partner with other businesses and do events They sponsor, like they're huge in our community. Like everybody Mm -hmm. knows about them, but at their most simplest form, they make candles and that's Mm -hmm. how they started. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that was really impactful, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to do that well, I guess. And I didn't know how to describe that well. Sure. So that, that was a good moment for me because if somebody didn't know who Wax Buffalo was and like the creator met someone, she would say, oh, we make candles. She wouldn't say, oh, we make candles and we do this and we do this and we do this. It's like, if mm-hmm. you want to know more, you'll go look them up and you'll figure it out. Right. You can kind of sense the vibe through yeah. the product. Yeah. So um, there, that's that really long story of where I started to where I got <laughs> today. Yeah. So you do you feel uh, you feel comfortable in your newfound identity as a online print and apparel shop? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I think I was really um, afraid to admit that too because I had some people making like snide comments when I first started with it in quarantine. So I started doing it in quarantine just because it's like I had no other way of making an income. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll make some prints, I'll make some stickers. And like, they sold, like, I couldn't keep them in stock. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, people like these. And they weren't good. Like, my first <laughs> ones, like, I don't even have them on the site anymore because they're not great. Yeah. And um, I had a Patreon account. And like, my poor patrons, I've changed their levels and tiers probably <laughs> once a year. But now they're finally getting good quality stuff. Yeah. Um, They people were just making comments like, well, if you're just going to be a shop, well, if you're just going to sell little prints. And so I felt very like judged. Then what though? If you're just going to do that, then what was the second half of their comment? They didn't want to be a part of like what I was doing. Cause they, as a a patron or they, who are these people? They were like a volunteer. Like they were helping. I had a couple people helping me. Yeah. And I don't know if they listened to this or not, but it wasn't uh, glamorous enough for them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And maybe they f- they felt like I was just doing things without them, their knowledge, which I, I acknowledged. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of just get in my head and do things myself. But mm. that's gossip now. <laughs> it's part of running a business, man. It is. And that was kind of the thing at the beginning, too, is like unknowingly it became my full-time job because I quit and I had nothing else. Right. So I like had to dump myself into it. Whereas everyone else who came alongside me and wanted to be a part of it, it wasn't their full-time job and it wasn't their dream. So they didn't care if things didn't get done. They didn't care if balls got dropped, but I did. Right. And so from the beginning, I felt like I was always just on my own, which is 
not true because like Ashley and Stefan have always been by my side and have always picked up the slack that I needed picked up. Right. Or like my mom has come to every event I've done and has set up for me because I'm bad at it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't mean to like disregard though them because like they have kept me going, but like the people that have come by me and been like, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. And then it's like three months later, they won't even answer my texts. Right. Frustrating. So, yes. I don't yeah. know where, why, what you asked me. I asked if you're comfortable in your skin as a... Oh. <laughs> did, <laughs> yeah, I, I am uh, fine with it now. Did you feel like... Um, did you feel like the reason you didn't want to call it that from the beginning was because it cheapened what you were actually trying to do? Like you wanted to describe the undertone of like the stuff that you'd be making more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of research like within the last couple of weeks on like branding. So I know a little, I know enough to get by on branding. I know how to create a branding guide mm -hmm. because I've, that's been in my like um, career path, but I don't know how to, especially for myself, because it's difficult to like, it's easier to work on stuff for somebody else. Yeah. Um, so recently I've been trying to do that because like I said, up until like literally Friday, I couldn't <laughs> like get the words out. <laughs> right. And um, so I needed to just figure out what my mission was what I wanted to convey through my products, but at the core, at its simplest form, I sell and make prints. I sell and make apparel and then yeah. like other products like notebooks. But I also do a weekly email that goes out that has like um, inspiration and motivation and encouragement. I do download, like there's other things I do, but those are not my like, that's not at its simplest form. Right. So um, I just had to be okay with that. Not everybody's going to understand or need to know that it's an empowerment or um, teaching people how capable they are. And if they want to know more, they will ask. And that's when I can explain it more. Yeah. They'll also figure it out when they look it up. Yeah. For the most part, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we've talked a little bit about things that have happened recently. So like, what are some of the things that have happened this year that you've been the most excited and proud about? Because like I said at the beginning, from an outsider's perspective, it's pretty obvious to tell, to be able to tell that even despite like the pandemic, you've been moving in a upward trajectory in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, growth and momentum. Um, so are, are there any like, milestone moments of the past few months or within this year that you feel like have really helped keep you going both motivationally and just like fiscally? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm mostly, I'm really proud of our newest collection, our heading West collection, which financially didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. Mm. Like I just was expecting a little bit more um, sales on it, I guess, um, numbers wise. But I'm like the most proud of 
it creatively because I thought about the whole concept from start to finish. I curated all of the photos throughout our entire um, trip and it's like really special to me and it's emotional and like looking at the pictures is very emotional and it makes Mm me choke up almost like looking at them and because they're very sentimental moments from our trip that I decided to put out to the world. Right. Doing something like that is always vulnerable and scary. Um, so I'm very proud of that. It's my biggest collection to date. It's huge. It's like 10 prints and Mm -hmm. eight stickers and a notebook and pen. And, um, yeah, I was very, very proud of that one. The notebooks are sick, Um, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) If I was a journaler, I would have like four of them, but. (laughs) Um, I financially am very proud because I've continued to not only just double, but triple and even sometimes what's five time my income. You're going from (laughs) three to five time, five X. Yeah. Quintuple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one knows it could be from five to $25, but it's still growth, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's been pretty cool because I, and such a numbers person when it comes to my business. I'm not normally a, a numbers person or driven by numbers, but <laughs> yeah. for the business, like I'm always like, because I think it just shows me growth. And after two years of not seeing any growth, it's like any growth. I like, it's like water to a, like a plant that's dying. It just refuels me. It is addicting. Numbers are addicting. It is. Cause they don't what? lie. They don't lie. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm that way too. Um, like you, I mean, I'm always checking numbers on the podcast and the one that I just started. Um, I think every day I'm always looking at it because Mm -hmm. it's just, I think a lot of people when they start projects or they start any sort of goal, I think sometimes people, they lie to themselves about growth. Like how many people do you know that are like really proud of whatever project, but there's no actual tangible evidence that it's doing well. You know, I'm I'm thinking of like these people on the internet that are selling like self-help advice, uh, (laughs) like how to get rich in 30 days advice kind of stuff. Yeah. And they're like really passionate about it. But um, yeah, the numbers don't lie, man. It's addicting. So yeah, it It really is. So um, that's been pretty cool to see through quarantine. I think a lot of people want to support small business too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of my friends keep me in business <laughs> and I yeah. have to tell them, I'm like, I look like Ashley. I was like, you know, you don't have to like buy everything I make. And she's like, but I like all of it. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> You're like, you know, we keep all this upstairs. You could just, I would never know if you just grabbed one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's been really, I'm very proud of myself about that. And then, uh. I applied for Love the Locals, which if you're in Lincoln or Omaha, you've probably heard of it. It's this huge like maker, creator. It's kind of like junk stock, but for local creators. And it's really curated. Like I think last year was only 50 uh, people like were accepted. And mm. I don't really know what their like process is and this year is a little different because it's all virtual so I don't know how many people are actually like a part of it Mm. um but I knew that it was like very curated and like their application was like 
you know, all your photos must be aesthetically pleasing. We'll look over, you know, we'll look through all of it. And I was like, well, I'll apply for the, like the top tier, but, mm. uh, cause then if I don't get it, they'll, they can, you know, bump me down a couple tiers right. or whatever, <laughs> you know? So I really didn't think I was going to get it because I saw the other people that have done it before. And they're the people that like I look to for inspiration or like mm. when I'm, uh, you know, there are the people I follow because I'm like, I, I love their stuff. Like I right. want to be them. Right. And I was like, man, there's no way, there's no way I'm getting picked because these people are just like so good. Mm-hmm. And I got the email on Friday and I was like, I don't even want to look at it because <laughs> I know what's coming Been there. Yep. And I got the email and they're like, you've been accepted. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll probably, you know, whatever. Maybe the bottom tier, which is, there's nothing wrong with it. There's people that applied for the bottom tier because yeah. it's all virtual. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying like right. I applied for the top tier. You so were I was curbing like, your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And it said like, you've been selected for the top tier. And I just, I just turned my, I shut my phone and like I, cl- not like shut my phone, like a flip phone. <laughs> Close but. your flip phone that you've been using <laughs> since. <laughs> yeah. And I just sat there. I sat on the edge of my bed and I just sat there and I was like, this isn't real. They didn't mean to email me. Like this is not really happening. And I just started sobbing, which I don't know if is like a good reaction because I really don't know like what's going to come of it since it's different and it's like online this year. Well, I mean, it's still still meaningful to have been chosen for something. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not what it had been in the past, like, it doesn't cheapen the fact that you were accepted into something that you worked hard for. And, you know, it's yeah. like getting, it's like people right now, maybe not so much now, but uh, people that had been graduating college in the spring had been like getting accepted for jobs, you know, mm-hmm. but then their experience is completely different, but it doesn't cheapen the fact that they got a really good job right out of college, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's still an accomplishment. Yeah. So I was very proud of myself because I wasn't going to apply. So I saw their like social media posts. I don't, I didn't originally follow them Mm. on Instagram and, um, they, they only market through Instagram and Facebook. And Mm -hmm. I only saw it because somebody else had posted and they commented on it. And I was like, Oh, I should like check out their thing and see if they're doing anything this year. And the day I saw it was the last day to apply. Oof. And I was like, I, I don't think I'll get picked. Like, I probably just shouldn't even apply, which I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much self-sabotage and I'm working through that right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I'm just not like, it was the same thing with like the Heading West collection. I almost didn't do it because I was like, no one's going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so stupid. And um, yeah, so I applied. I was just like, well, whatever, I guess. If they say no, they say no. At that point, I had sent out like 20 emails trying to get like a pop-up shop. So I was pretty used to people saying no or not even emailing me back. Mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. It's one more no on my list. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted it bad really bad. when you're numb from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that's probably, that's been like what, since March, everything that I just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Well, it kind of sounds like the quarantine has been good for you in a weird way. Yeah. The pandemic. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> Man, you and e- you and Elon and uh Jeff Bezos yeah. all in the same same club. <laughs> yep, us three trillionaires. 
the quarantine <laughs> profit club. Yep. <laughs> well, cool, man. I mean, man, I think, uh, I think the stuff that you're doing now is really, really cool. Thank you. Like, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that you're a, uh, how'd you say it? Prince in apparel shop. Yeah. I mean, the stuff you do is cuts and cuts above other similar stuff that I've seen for Thank whatever you. that's worth to you. It there's, is because you're picky. <laughs> there's a lot of people that like decide they're going to start, you know, in apparel or their own line of apparel or whatever. And it's terrible mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. they don't have the design chops for it and they don't have the mm-hmm. eye for it. They just like they want the payoff of owning a business. And I think the other difference is a lot of people will convince themselves that their own ideas are really good because it's their mm-hmm. idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have a good you have a good eye for like what other people would actually want and what is actually aesthetically pleasing. A lot of people don't have that. So yeah. Thank you. And (laughs) I don't know the stuff that you make uh, resonates with a lot of people too. So yeah, there's that. That's what I hope. I hope it does. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it does. I know it. Um. I mean, we've kind of talked about most of what I had written out, but um, I guess the natural conclusion to a conversation like this would be, given what you know now and the lessons that you've learned in the past couple of years, what advice do you think you would give to someone who's considering launching their own small business, be it something similar to what you're doing or just a small business in general um, in terms of like marketing or general logistics or just like skills that you maybe like more general skills that you feel like you need to either have or be able to learn to be successful doing your own thing? Um, the best thing that I learned right when I started was that you don't need to learn everything to do it. Mm. I think some people really get hung up on that analysis paralysis and like, it is overwhelming like reading about the LLCs or like starting all of that or like taking payments or like tax. Like I literally just got a Nebraska tax ID only because I wasn't selling items, you know? Right. So I only needed it because I was going to apply for the farmer's market and then I ended up going on a month long trip and couldn't. So it was like, (laughs) yeah, I've kind of just, I don't know. Like I hope the IRS doesn't come for me, but like, you sometimes just have to do it. You just have to jump and take the leap. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't like just start small. Like no matter how frustrating doing the gym in my garage was, it was the most financially responsible way to do it. Right. Because had I have like taken out a loan and like put up all this collateral, got a space and then started the gym and then realized I hated it. Oh my gosh. And we were just talking to like, I went through all of that trouble to get a space and then quarantine hit and I wouldn't have even been able to use it. You would have been, they would have been, taken your house. Oh, I would have ended everything. <laughs> There's no way that would have been the most stressful yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just like learn as you go and like you can like literally even today I was editing product photos I was getting so sick of how they were looking. I Googled like how to change the pic or color of my background Lightroom. Mm-hmm. Like you can Google everything. You can mm-hmm. literally learn everything you need to know from Google and YouTube. Mm-hmm. 
I have since paid for a couple courses just because sometimes social media stuff can be really overwhelming Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But like trust the people that you're buying stuff from. Right. Um, I've invested in a Skillshare account because it's a great resource. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would say if you don't have the skill, you can learn it. It's okay. But also it's okay if you're not good at everything. Like I suck at budgeting and I suck at uh, a lot of things and I have to have Stefan help me with that. And it doesn't always work out great because we um, are married, but yeah, <laughs> I know that I would be worse off if I didn't ask for help. Um, and it's okay to be bad at things. I'm really bad at pretty much everything I do, except <laughs> I don't know, scrolling on my phone and upping my social media account. Well, lucky for you, that's a large part of what you do for a living now. So it is, yes. <laughs> now it is. So you know what they social say: if, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So, and I do just, it. I spend on hours all the time. on just Instagram. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, social media is just social media. Mm. Instagram just shadow banned me for like three weeks, and I was sobbing over it because mm. that's where the majority of my marketing and sales come from. But it. At the end of the day, it is just social media and it'll ebb and flow just like back in the day when people just banked on foot traffic. So it's true. I have to just remind myself like Mm. it's okay. That's (laughs) a really, that's a really good point. I had never thought about that, but not even that long ago, there were businesses that just relied on, you know, people walking by it. Yeah. Crazy. It's the same thing. We're just scrolling though. Such millennials. I know. (laughs) So it's okay. Um, It's okay if people say no. It's okay if you fail. It's okay if you have to start over. It's okay if things don't work out. Like I'm like, I'm not heartbroken that my Heading West collection, like I had high expectations for it. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes you have to just create those things. Like Nick said that on your podcast, like I was going to create it anyways. Mm. So that's like, I, it was in me. It needed to be created Mm -hmm. and I was going to do it anyways. So now there's people that have it hanging in their house and that's sweet. And some Mm -hmm. of the people I don't know, and they bought it because they followed me from our trip and now they own artwork from me. Like that's dope. Yeah. That's sick. And if that's the only reason I created it was because that person resonated with it. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's lonely sometimes. It's monotonous. You get up, you do the exact same thing every single day, grinding to just get like an ounce of payoff. Mm-hmm. But like when the payoff comes, it is just like, oh my gosh, I can't stop talking about it when it happens. Boy, <laughs> I'm do like, I, know. I got three new followers today. I got three <laughs> new followers today. Yeah. Let's go out. Anything, any excuse to go out, man. Yeah, so. No, that's good. I think those are all good points. Um, And honestly, like, I don't know. I was just glad to have this conversation with you because I like talking about what you're doing too. And I feel like for a while, I mean, with your trip and everything, I didn't really know what you'd been working on. And then recent, and then you just like, you got back and all this stuff started coming out. And you're like, I got a new collection dropping this week. I'm like, when did you start selling merch? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was insane. It was like, so I worked while we were on the road 
for a month because I was like, this is, this is like exactly what I wanted for my life. I want to be able to travel and like work. And like, Mm -hmm. that's another thing that is like such a blessing about not getting a space because I would have been tied to it. I wouldn't have been able to do the things that I'm doing now. And because I'm a Christian, I believe that's the Lord's plan for me and that he's always had his hand on it. And that's why I think it's cool to see what's like, I finally submitted to what I think I've been fighting and it's like, boom, like I am so busy now Mm. that I like, I'm working 15 hour days and I love it. Like I'm stressed and I cried yesterday, but like, it's good stress. It's fulfilling stress at least. Yeah. But it's like, had I just not listen, it's like a good thing. Stefan was like shaking me almost. Mm. And like just forced me to really look inward because he even asked me recently, like, is this what you want it to be? Like, are you okay with it? And I was like, yes. And I could finally say, yes, I'm happy with what it's becoming, what I'm doing. And I love it. Mm. Um, and so because I loved what I was doing, I was able to crank out like three collections, a collaboration, two collaborations in October, an apparel line, and a print collection. And I'm launching another like item, new item for November. What's the item? Uh, the I just posted on Instagram. It's our new canvas wall oh, hangs yeah, that banners. I'm screen printing myself now. So now nice. I'm screen printing myself. Another skill. Yeah, that, yeah, that so, little, uh, what are they called? Boomerang? TikTok? Yeah. I'm such an old man. That little playbacky video thing that you made uh, was super dope. The stop motion yeah, thing. Yeah, it's... Stop motion. Yep. So I learned how to do that today too. (laughs) (laughs) Sick. Yeah. So it's awesome. And then there's things like about my business that I get to do like freelance, um, which I've always loved doing, but Mm -hmm. I now have an avenue for it. So it's like, that's another thing. If you're starting a business, it's great to have multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. And that's just another way that I'm able to do that so that I can do free things like our emails that go out or offering, you know, we want to do workshops and stuff once we're able to, we can do those for free and whatever. My brain is, I feel like Leslie Nope after she takes a nap for four hours and she's like, writes it on a doily. Yeah. That's how I feel most days. I'm just like, okay, and then we can do this and then we can Mm -hmm. do this. My wall is covered in sticky notes with ideas Mm. because I think I finally just stopped fighting that. So good. Well, hopefully it pays off for Christmas. People buy my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't taken anything away from this takeaway, go buy Sarah's stuff. Buy my stuff, please. (laughs) Well, where can they find it if they don't know already? So we have an Instagram account at blank slate LNK. Our website is blank slate LNK.com. And our Facebook is blank slate LNK. Yeah. Proud sponsor of the Relatively Relatable Podcast, by the way. Yes, we sponsor the podcast. (laughs) As as we said at the beginning of every episode, from the beginning of time. (laughs) <laughs> all right well um that's it cool yeah well thanks thanks for opening up man it's been cool i don't know why i keep calling you man god <laughs> okay. I'm no, i need to quit man man I give up <laughs> this is my last week on this podcast i'm giving up today that's fine i'll talk into the abyss <sighs> anyway <laughs> all right well every week sarah and i give our go-to's <laughs> for the week <laughs> this is weird <laughs> Or you can say it. Go ahead and say it. Okay. Every week, Jake and I do a go-to for the week. So, Jake, what is your go-to this week? 
Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> geez. my go-to this week has been my go-to actually for the last like week and a half. Um, the show Westworld I started mm. and I am on season three now. And the, oh. the, the episodes are an hour each. So that tells you how much time I've granted. There's only like 10 episodes per season. But mm-hmm. I've devoted over a full day of watching mm-hmm. these this show. Um, maybe we could do like a Westworld review or recap episode yes. someday because I need to talk about it with someone, you know. And my girlfriend yes. thinks it's stupid. Um, every time I have it on, she's like, oh, you're watching the weird show again. Which, <laughs> to her defense, to come in like off the street, not like... It's not the kind of show you yeah. can just like pick up in the middle. You like really need to see every detail of it. It's like, yeah, it's like if the movie Inception were a, a series, there's a lot of details yeah. that you need to like yeah. keep up with. Like there's a few times where I have after an episode, I've gone on Reddit and like tried to or, like gotten a summary of, of the episode or like uh-huh. of the season. I had to do that for season two. I had to like. There's a lot of flash forwards and flashbacks and you never really know mm-hmm. what the time frame is. So I had mm-hmm. to get some things clarified, but I love shows like that for whatever reason. Cause it's like, it's like a puzzle, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I feel, I don't feel as guilty watching six hours of TV if I feel like my, my brain is stimulated. So yeah, um, I dig it. It's not for everyone. I get that, but I'm a big fan of it so far. I'm starting season three. I think I'm on episode two or three of season three now. Um, mm-hmm. I dig it. So. That's mine. What's yours? My go-to this week is men's flannels from Walmart. Um, my mother has been trying to get me into men's clothing since she started wearing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but she'll get that joke. But Ashley started shopping in the men's section based off of TikTok. Um, and it's like kind of the trend that big baggy grungy look mm-hmm. is a new fashion trend. And um I finally Gave in. I bought a flannel and I have not stopped wearing it. And I almost bought a bomber jacket that was men's, but my budget did not allow me to do that. Mm. Um, it was funny though when we were at Walmart and I was there was a jean jacket hanging up and I was like, Oh, is this a men's? Because like sizing is different for men and women's. Yeah. But it looked kind of like a women's jacket because the wash on it and the like associate came over and she's like um, yeah, it's a men's jacket, but women can wear men's clothing. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm comfortable in like <laughs> my sexuality and like gender. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, she had to oh, make sure to let you curious. know that she was inclusive. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah. I that's was it. like, that's fine. Like I really I don't it. really yeah. mind what you think of me, but that's funny. Um, they, I accidentally got an XL tall. Oof. So it is big on me mm-hmm. but I wore like a chunky sweater under it and I look cute and I was warm <laughs> there you go and it is better than women's flannels because women's flannels are like to cut you know like I'm not looking for that with a flannel maybe I should wear a women's flannel yeah I'm not maybe. about I'm not about the baggy clothes man don't yeah we could switch don't women's shirts open on it on the other side though like the the buttons are isn't that the difference between a shirt and a blouse the buttons are on the other side Oh, I don't know. I haven't noticed if the buttons were on the different side. Did I make that up? Anyway. That sounds right, but. I'm sure Walmart's not making uh, opposite size, opposite side. Yeah. Yeah. It might might just be, I don't know. Anyway, 
So if you see me this winter, mind your business. Just know she's wearing men's clothing. Yeah, or go get yourself some. I may be wearing women's clothing. (laughs) If if I've got that nice trim tailored fit flannel on, you know it's from the women's section. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It honestly is. (laughs) Ah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.